Good morning. Let me just take a moment and and welcome all of you here this morning, and I want to take a moment especially and welcome those that are part of our Church Online family. And I have a a message specifically for those that have been worshiping with us through Church Online with our business meeting next week. If you would like to participate in that meeting, um, we really need you to let us know so that we can send you the link information. Uh, This is not just something that you're going to be passing by on Facebook and see it's something that you're going to have to specifically get a link to from our office. So you can either call Kay in the church office, you can email us through the website, however you'd like to do that, but please let us know right away. We want to be able to accommodate those who need to uh, be able to participate through uh, an online format. So if you would please let us know, we would appreciate that very much. And we're so glad that you are worshiping with us. You are a part of our Silver Creek family. Well, it is, I'll tell you what, man, it was chilly this morning, but it's, it's happening in here. It's, it's, I'll, it's happening there. There's some warmth happening this morning. And uh, this morning I want to share Uh, the next message in our series called When You Pray, a message about a a specific type of prayer, a specific subject of prayer. And and I'm glad that, that, you know, that Americans pray. Craig, good to see you. I just saw your face right there. Welcome from Belize. He, you win the, 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 uh, the award for the longest distance travel to church today. Uh, but we, uh, 55% of Americans uh, claim that they pray. Um, men, we generally pray less than women. The older generally pray more than the younger. But 63% of Christians agree that praying regularly is essential to their Christian life. And that's a good thing. As we read the Bible, 650 different examples of prayers. Uh, We also see 450 examples of answers to those prayers. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he prayed uh, 25 times. And before you go comparing yourself to Jesus, many of those were all night long. Um, And and he went out into the wilderness to do it. Um, Some lasted for weeks at a time, um, as in the early part of his ministry when he went into the wilderness and prayed for 40 days and fasted. So before we get real all fired, you know, on that number 25. Let's just remember that's what uh, scripture mentions. The apostle Paul is mentioned as praying 41 different times. And, and these prayers, um, they, they're on different, obviously they're different subjects. They're different, they're different aspects to them, but we realize in life and, and in scripture that, that all prayers are not equal. And maybe you wonder what in the world do you really mean by that? Well, James tells us in James chapter four, um, that, that there is a difference in our prayers. In verse three, he said that When you ask, this is for some, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. So we realize that not every prayer that we pray is is equal. Not every prayer that we pray is maybe even the right prayer. Uh, But God answers some of our prayers with a yes. We love that, right? Right? Do, Do you love it when God answers your prayers with yes? Okay. All right. You're not very enthusiastic about that. But it's cold, so I'm going to give you a break. Uh, Sometimes God answers with no. 
Are you happy when God answers with no? <laughs> Did somebody just boo? <laughs> boo, I don't like it. You know when I'm glad God answers no is later on when I find out that really his answer was the right answer and my, my prayer was not the right prayer. Sometimes his answer is you're just going to have to wait. You know, may, it, it, I don't want to say that it's a maybe, okay? We've learned as parents the danger of the maybe, right? Don't, don't answer your kids maybe because that's a yes, all right, in their books. Just realize it. Um, but, but sometimes it's definitely a not right now answer that we get from God. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this, you may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Ask me anything in my name. That is a powerful statement. The, the, the idea there the, the, of in my name means for my sake. So when we come to God and we ask him for something and it is for his sake, for his glory, Jesus said he will answer, God will answer that prayer. Now, don't try to do what our kids do, you know, mom hey, can we go, you know, to uh, the aquarium, the shed aquarium, you know, because it would be good for my education. You know, don't try to do that with God, okay? In John, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, John says this, this is the confidence we have in, in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did you, did you, did you get that? He hears us. When we ask him according to his will, if we're not asking according to his will, he's not even hearing us. He's not even listening to us. But if we ask according to his will, he hears us. If you want to know if there's a prayer that God is always going to answer, I have come prepared today to tell you the answer is yes, and it is the prayer for wisdom. And I'd like to look at four things that we need to know as we approach God and ask him for wisdom. The first thing that I want us to realize is that when we pray for wisdom, there's more than we wish for. I, I don't know if any of you play the lottery. I do not play the lottery. Um, I, I am uh, too tight uh, to play the lottery. Um, and I just, I, I just think there's better use for my money. Uh, but, you know, I always think it's interesting when the Powerball gets up to like 40 million, you know. Every, that's when people that don't play, they're like, well, I could put down a couple of bucks for that one, you know. I mean, it's, they, just, they just, all of a sudden, they just start thinking $40 million. And in reality, it's not $40 million because you're going to pay 50% taxes. And then they say, yeah, but 20 million is still really good. You know, and, and we, we think that way, but, but when a person wins that sort of money, they always get a lot more than you bargain for. There's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of family relationships that are destroyed. You, you find out you have a lot of family you didn't know about, too. <laughs> but you always get way more than you bargain for. Well, Solomon prayed for wisdom, and, and just a smidge of background information on Solomon. His father, David, reigned in Israel for 40 years. 40 years. This, just time-wise, so you understand, this is a thousand years before Jesus. David was considered to be, at the time, the greatest king uh, in, in all of Israel. Uh, and 
Solomon was the child that was born to David through Bathsheba, okay? The bathing beauty that David, uh, he saw and he sent for her and he, he, he knew her, the Bible says, sexually and then he plotted a plan to kill her husband. That Bathsheba, that was Solomon's mother. And this was the guy that we're talking about today. Now, I don't know if you've heard this before, but there were three guys stuck on an island. Have you heard this one? Three guys stuck on an island, and they came upon a magic lamp sticking out of the sand on the beach. And they grabbed it, and they, they cleaned it off, and they rubbed it, and out pops a genie. And the genie said, well, since I can only give you three wishes and there's three of you, I'm going to give each one of you a wish. So he says to the first guy, what's your wish? And he said, you know what? We are stuck here on this island and I miss my family. I want to go home. Poof. The guy's gone. He's home. The genie turns to the second guy. He said, what do you wish for? He said, he said, we are stuck on this island. I miss my family. I just want to be home. And poof, he's home with his family. And he turns to the third guy and he says, what would you like? He said, I, I'm stuck on this island and I miss my friends and I wish they were here with me. Now, that's, that's funny, okay? <laughs> Some of you are groaning, <laughs> but it's funny. God approached Solomon, and he said, Solomon, ask me for anything. Ask me for anything, and I'll give it to you. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 to 9, it says, Now, Lord, this is Solomon's answer to God's proposal. Now, Lord... My God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father David. But I'm only a child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Solomon's answer to this, it's not a million dollar question. It is a question without, you, you can't value it. Ask me whatever you will and I'll give it to you. And he said, I'm your servant. You have given me this position. I am like a child. I don't know nearly enough in order to carry this out. And so this job that's too big for me, what I'm going to ask you to do because I know absolutely nothing is to give me the wisdom to be able to govern correctly. Help me to understand the difference between right and wrong. And this request pleased God so much that God said, not only will I give you the wisdom that you desire, the discernment, but I'm also going to give you everything else that you didn't ask for. Long life, wealth, glory, 
the death of your enemies. I'm going to give you all of that. God gave him wisdom and all the rest. Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 13, it says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Every genie in the lamp joke ends badly. Everyone. They're designed to be that way. But God is pleased when we ask him for wisdom. When we ask him for his wisdom, it pleases him. And I will guarantee you, just like the proverb, uh, the author of Proverbs said, we will get so much more. There is, there is so much more that we receive. When we receive God's wisdom, just like Solomon, it pleases God and he grants so much more than what we've asked for or what we could have asked for if we asked selfishly. Secondly, we've got we've to deal with uh, the fact that sometimes when we ask, it does not come, especially in our timing. And I'm sure that today there are, there are numerous people that are here uh, worshiping in person, those that are with us through church online, and, and you'd have to be honest that, that you have not got the answer that you have asked for in the time that you so desire it. There was someone in the Old Testament that asked God for wisdom, and the answer did not come when he thought it would come or when he wanted it to come. Now, most of us, when the answer does not come, when we think it should come, what happens? We get discouraged. We probably even stop asking because, well, God really doesn't care all that much. This guy's name was Daniel. And Daniel received a vision from the Lord, and Daniel did not understand it. And Daniel asked God to give him the wisdom to discern what this vision meant. We read about it in Daniel chapter 10, beginning at verse 12. And the answer eventually came through an angel, and the angel says this. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding... And to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel has this vision. He doesn't understand. He asks for wisdom. And then 21 days later, an angelic messenger shows up and, God, and he brings God's response. And the angel said, I was released from God's presence the very day that you asked it. When you ask God for wisdom, God releases it on that day. But the enemy is going to do everything that he can to withhold that wisdom, to keep that wisdom from arriving to you. 
there was literally a spirit, a power of spiritual darkness that held up the answer to Daniel. There was a conflict between the power of light and the power of darkness, and that conflict lasted for 21 days. God had to then release the archangel Michael to come and to defeat the, 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 the prince of, of Persia in order that the answer would get to Daniel. I want you to know that Satan fights against us as believers. The thief comes to seal, kill, and destroy. He's a murderer from the beginning. Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. The apostle Paul says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So Paul says that, that literally Satan is going to be crushed under our feet shortly, soon. But it was not done as of yet. We need to understand that the enemy is fighting, but he is a defeated foe. And he is going to fight to keep God's wisdom away from us. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 29. They're accusing him of, uh, of doing miracles in the power of Beelzebub. And here's what Jesus said. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Friends, we have been given authority to bind the strong man in Jesus name when we pray for wisdom and that wisdom is not forthcoming we need to assume that there is a spiritual battle happening in the heavenlies and we need to begin to bind the powers of darkness he's a defeated enemy number three what does wisdom look like James he gives us some instruction as we pray for wisdom he says in chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Have you ever felt like you didn't know enough? Every day. This verse, uh, these verses are in the context of, of trials and testing of their faith. They're going through a trial, and they feel like they don't have the answers. And, and James is saying when you go through situations like that, you need to ask God for wisdom, and God is generous, and he will give it to us. You know the Bible says that God delights. He's so generous that he delights in showing mercy. God is generous. He is a generous God. And, and when, when we think of generous, we think of people that are handing out you know, financial resources. God is generous with things that are far more important than finances. God is generous when it comes to giving his mercy. He enjoys it. He delights in it. And when it comes to wisdom, he gives generously to all. And he doesn't say, you know what? <sighs> Pete, you're just, you know, you, you just don't measure up. I just don't think I can give you my wisdom. That's not what he does. He gives generously to all without finding fault. I'm so glad that's how he gives us. I want you to understand there's more than one type of wisdom. There's human wisdom. There's the wisdom of this age or of this world. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19, the apostle Paul says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. So how do we identify God's wisdom above our wisdom or God's wisdom above the wisdom of this age? How do we identify it? What does it look like? He tells us in James 13, 17, the wisdom that comes down from heaven. This is God's wisdom that he's going to reveal to us. Here's how it looks. First of all, it must be pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. This is God's wisdom that we need when we go through trials and testings of our faith. The wisdom that we ask God for, it will always look like this. And if it doesn't, it's not God's wisdom. In fact, I would even say this. God's wisdom, it's going to lead us to perseverance. Okay? Perseverance doesn't mean a quick and easy fix. Perseverance is something that takes a while. Maturity and completion. And if, God's, if God is the source of the wisdom that we are sensing, the wisdom that we are feeling, the direction that we're going to be going, it will always be confirmed in his word. God will never tell you to do something that goes against the scripture. I'll just let that hang. He's never going to do that. The wisdom of God is always going to be confirmed through his word. That those characteristics in James 3.17, I pray those all the time. I pray those a lot. God, I need your wisdom, and here's what you said it's going to look like. And I pray those, and I, that's then I measure. When I feel like I'm supposed to do something, I measure it against that. If, it, if it's not that, then it's not God's wisdom in my life. Number four, we've got to keep on asking. You say, well, wait a second, I already prayed about this once. Let me ask you something. Do you think God likes it when you come to him and you pray? Do you think God likes that? I think he loves it. Now, I'm not saying that we make our kids ask multiple times for things because we like hearing them ask us. In fact, I would say the opposite is probably true. We don't, thank you, man. We don't like it. But, but let me tell you this, God, God loves it when we come to him. And sometimes we, we do have to ask more than once. You say, why do I have to ask more than once? Paul says in Ephesians 1.17, he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Paul keeps asking God for wisdom for the Ephesians, not because God is not giving it, but because the situations keep changing, okay? Every day, I face a different circumstance. Every day, I face a different situation in which I need God's wisdom. 
And so I've got to continue to pray and ask for that wisdom because it's a new circumstance. It's a new situation. Life is fluid. And and I have a continual need for more. God's wisdom is not a 50-point IQ blast, okay, into your mind. That's not what it is. Your IQ is your IQ, okay? That's, that's, your, that's how intelligent you are. God's wisdom is not your intelligence. And God's wisdom is something that we need to ask for again and again. And that wisdom is insight, it's skill, it's intelligence, whether human or divine. John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says of the Holy Spirit that he will guide you into all truth. And in John 17, 17, Jesus prayed and he said to the Father that his word was truth. The Holy Spirit will always lead us into God's word and God's wisdom. Uh, Paul talked about that spirit of revelation. It's not a bunch of secrets, okay? It's not a bunch of secrets that nobody knows. When Paul prayed for the Ephesians that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it was the the, the revelation of God that is common to all believers. In other words, it's what we need to know as we grow in Christ, that we need to be praying, God, as, as, as I go day by day, Father, reveal yourself to me the way you desire to. God, I need your wisdom. We've got to keep on asking so that we can keep on growing. As I conclude, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you've been asking something of God for a long time. Maybe you feel like you're not getting the answer. Maybe you're just, you're not, you're not totally sure. And it's been discouraging. Maybe you're not sure what wisdom really looks like. You don't know what you should do because it hasn't, it just hasn't come. The answer hasn't been there. And I just want to share with you this week, spent a lot of time in the hospital here locally. Not, not me. I'm okay. But visiting other people. And one of the people that I was visiting in the ICU The doors, glass doors were closed. No one was allowed in. But I could see this lady in there. She was on a ventilator. They said that she'd had a heart attack. That she had COVID and she had sepsis, which is a blood infection. Any one of those three can kill you. And I stood there at the door and I just prayed for her. Boy, does that seem weird. To stand at a glass door and not be able to to go in and, and actually put your hand on somebody. But I prayed for her and I just said, Lord, your will be done. You're a God of, of miracles. In fact, I I remembered. I remembered that 20 years ago, this same person was at death's door as a young person. And the doctor said, you know what, mom and dad, you need to say goodbye because the organs are shutting down. It's just a matter of time and she is going to die. You need to say goodbye. 
And that morning as I was praying for her, I, I just felt like I needed to, to head down to the hospital and I did and I, I saw mom in the waiting room and I grabbed mom by the hands and, and we marched into that, that room and we just laid hands on her and we began to pray for that young lady. And if memory serves me correctly, a nurse walked into the room and, and checked and saw that the kidneys were starting to actually work. And from that day forward, the, it just went just like, bam. The healing came almost immediate, and she walked out of that hospital in a short period of time. Friday, I left the church here, and I swung by the hospital, and I thought, there's a couple people there I need to see, want to check in, make sure how they're doing. And I, I got there, and I saw the door was cracked open, and I thought... Oh, that's great. She's not in the COVID protocol anymore. I can go in. And so I talked to the nurse and I said, hey, I'd like to go in and pray with her. He said, well, just give me a minute. I've got to finish up a couple of things with her. And he indicated that she was not in bed. And I said, what? He said, oh, yeah, she's, she's awake and talking. And a couple minutes later, I was able to go in the room. And I said, you know, you remember that day 20 years ago when God brought you back from death. He's done it again. Friends, I want you to know that God is a God of the miraculous. He's a powerful God that is able to answer your circumstance. And and I don't know what that circumstance is. And maybe you've been praying about it for a long time. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's something that's brand new. I don't know. But I want you to be encouraged today because God has sent the answer. Maybe it's being held up in the heavenlies. Maybe the prayer's got to turn to spiritual authority and releasing that answer. But God has the answer. When we pray for wisdom, the answer comes. And it's going to be his will and his plan, not ours. So I want you to stand with me. This morning as we close our service, as we close our service, here's what I want to do. The team is going to Lead that song again. I speak Jesus. Come on, say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it again, Jesus. Jesus. We're going to sing that song. And if you have been asking God, and you've got something that you've been saying, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need, I need you to move. I want you to step out of your seat. And let me tell you something. Do not allow pride do not allow fear. Do not allow anything to keep you from moving. And we're going to speak Jesus over those issues. I don't care where you are. If you're out in the hub, come on in. If you're, if you're in the wiggle room, come on in. It doesn't matter. As they lead us, I want you to come. And I want you to find a place here at the front. I don't care if the front fills up. Start down the aisles. It doesn't matter. But we are going to speak Jesus over those needs. Marie, would you lead us?
Father, it's in that name of Jesus that we come today. And Lord, I pray for that one that might be struggling right now, thinking, I don't know if I should come. I don't know if I can come. I don't know if God wants me to come. I don't know what someone will think of me. I pray that even now, Father, that they will simply call on that name of Jesus. Father, we declare today that the name of Jesus is higher than any other name. We declare that through Jesus' name, strongholds are broken. We declare that light comes into the darkness. Father, we proclaim today that it is that name of Jesus through which every power of the enemy is destroyed. And so, God, I pray today, Lord, that we will hear those answers that are coming. God, I pray that we will no longer be praying, Lord, for what we want to be, what we want to see happen, but let us pray for the wisdom of God. And I pray that the answers that have been held up in the heavenlies would be released. And God, I pray that there would be victory in Jesus' name. God, I thank you and I praise you today because of the name of Jesus, that name that is above every name. Come on, say it with me. Say Jesus.